0: What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another episode of the Smart Moments Moment Smack Talk Podcast. It's time for us to break down the questions that you submitted for the December 2017 mailbag, the last mailbag of the year. You guys sent in some questions you want to know our answers to, and that's what we're going to do. That's what a question and answer thing is built around. Makes sense, right? That's, you know, kind of the point of it. Uh, the people answering the questions for this episode are, of course, myself, as always, Tony Mango, and we've got Callum Wiggins. Yo. So we've got, I don't know how many questions here. I, I took some of them too out, many. of course. <laughs> we had we had way too many. And some of them I figured we would hold off on until we get a little bit uh, closer to the Royal Rumble. Some of them actually I figured we'd hold off on until a little bit closer to WrestleMania even. But some of them we actually even talked about before or I in particular have just talked about the Mad Nauseam and didn't really want to break it down again. But I'm going to try to answer as many of them as we possibly can here because that's kind of the point as well. And uh, if you are asking them, then, hey, you want They'll to know answer. the answers, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: So we had a lot of food questions again. <laughs> I'm sad that uh, Kalen's not here. He really loves the food ones. Uh, but I don't know. Maybe he'll uh, chime in in the comments or something like that. But we're going to start off with one. This one's from Ryan Stotts. A couple of them uh, starting off with him. French fries or tater tots? french fries definitely
1: 100% yeah it's not much of a contest for me french fries
0: it's kind of one of those things where it's like if i'm in the mood for a tater tot then a french fry will do but mm. if i'm in the mood for french fries like i pretty much want french fries
1: yeah like if i go to mcdonald's it's the like the first thing that i'll order and eat essentially
0: See, McDonald's around here, at least my McDonald's, I haven't liked their fries in years. They've been oh, like I... thin and dry and like tasteless. So I always go Wendy's more than anything else. I mean I like their their burgers too, but uh more than anybody else's, but and, like there's so many variations of fries. I mean, you could go to Red Robin, you could get steak fries. You go to Arby's, you get curly fries, and there's a the thing that uh if People are aware. Um, whenever we watch the pay per views, we go over to Dace's house. Anybody in like my area, and because uh, he's got a nice basement, we call it the Dacement. And uh, we tend to order food a lot. Uh, we always do it for the big four pay per views, but some people order it every single time. And my buddy Eric, every time that there's a pay per view, he'll order food. Doesn't matter if he had a chance to eat ahead of time. It's like a thing for him is like to order food over at Dace's for some reason. And uh, Eric is very, very pro-curly fries over anything else. So when everybody's like, there's a place, a pizza place, right like a minute's walk from Daisy's house, and that place doesn't have curly fries. So it's always becomes this whole thing of like, yeah, but can we get it somewhere else, somewhere that has curly fries? <laughs> and it's like, fries are fries. Like, there's no bad fries, really.
1: It's just potato. Yeah. Just eating a potato, just in very, very thin strips
0: but it's kind of like pasta where if you want like fettuccine and somebody gives you penne, it doesn't taste right. And if you want say, I don't know, cheese fries with like the crinkle cut type of fries and somebody gives you those little smiley face things, then you're just sort of like, "Eh, all right, well, I guess I'll eat them and be a fat pig, but (laughs) I'm not going to enjoy it. Like that kind of a thing. Tater tots though, they, they are secondary. French fries are, there's too many variations. Tater tots are just kind of like, You eat them twice in a row, you don't feel like eating them for a
1: while. Mm. Not even the uh, best tater tot can overcome the worst french fry, in my opinion.
0: Usually, yeah. That's kind of the case. Although, I do kind of want tater tots now. I haven't had them in a while. Some chili cheese tater tots from Sonic. Oh, man.
1: You started off with a bad one. (laughs) I (laughs) know, I
0: did. Now I'm so fucking hungry. And I just woke up a half an hour ago. (laughs) Shouldn't be uh, waking up at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. And immediately wanting chili cheese tater tots. And no wonder I'm 10 pounds overweight than I wanted to be. Um, let's see. Question number two. We got more food questions. I'm sure I'll uh, my stomach will hate me later on for. Would you rather be in an elimination chamber with Braun Strowman or the Ambrose Asylum type match? Elimination chamber... I got yeah, one reason mark. why. Yep, you got the four other people he can beat up on instead. And once you get pinned, you get the fuck out of there.
1: Yeah, or he gets pinned when you've, you're you hiding in the pod or something.
0: Yeah, you got that, le- that that little bit where maybe you're one of the pod people. Maybe you're the last pod person and everybody else has already taken a beating. Ambrose Asylum thing? You just got a bunch of weapons around there? Fuck that, no.
1: Yeah, and I'd rather like, that never happened again, even if I was part of it, so... do another ambrose asylum match
0: well it'd be kind of weird if they did another ambrose asylum match and it was kind of like you know the undertaker did the whole hell in a cell with Shawn michaels but it's hell in a cell you could deal with anybody yeah uh inferno match with kane so on and so forth you'd name it the ambrose asylum it'd be kind of weird if like in the future 15 years from now it's like we're gonna have an ambrose asylum match and it's like these uh, kids that are, like, watching it for the first time are just sort of like, who's Ambrose? You yeah. Know? Oh, that Hall of Famer dude? <laughs> they'll,
1: just, they'll just call it the Asylum match instead.
0: Yeah, probably. Still have the Ambrose Asylum logo, though, like the, the DA kind of thing. Yeah, and Mitch the plant at the top of it as well. <laughs> uh, would you be in... Who would be in your dream Elimination Chamber match?
1: Well, I wouldn't be in that
0: yeah, so. I wouldn't be either.
1: Who would you pick? Oh, Dream Elimination Chamber match. Uh, I think Shawn Michaels would have to be in it. Yeah, he's in mine. Just Does there have to be people that have been in the Elimination Chamber before? Can we just throw anybody in Oh, it? I just picked random people. I didn't even think twice. Well, if I was going for people that had been in it before, just in the sense that I know that they work well in the structure. So you'd put uh, Shawn Michaels in there because he won the first one, and he's obviously a terrific seller. He'll essentially cut himself at any opportunity, so works quite well in a steel structure. Uh, Jericho is always very good in those matches. Um, I think I'd also include Undertaker. Batista. Okay, now we're starting to differ on things. Just because it's just like a power... You want to have a couple of power people in it. I didn't want any giants because it it becomes a little bit weird when you have someone like Big Show or Great Collie in it instead. Um, AJ Styles. And... Funny enough, Rey Mysterio. Hmm.
0: So we have three of the same. uh, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, and Chris Jericho. My other three would have been Triple H as Mm -hmm. one of my power people kind of essentially even though he's kind of in between the two yeah edge because i always love the idea of edge like stealing a pin and
1: that that was one that was crossing my mind before i went with mysteria
0: and uh brett hart
1: well that would the... be, yeah that would be interesting to have him in and i think matches.
0: that he would be kind of cool as like the one of the ones that like started it maybe oh, like yeah, well, brett and edge to start or something like that
1: Well, that was kind of my idea of going with, like, Michaels and Jericho, because they're usually the ones that have the endurance to last the entire way through.
0: I do kind of like the idea of, like, a a pure power-type person, though. So if I had to remove one person, it would either be Bret Hart or Edge, but um, I don't know as far as, like, who that power person would be that I would want to put in there, because Goldberg, no. Maybe Lesnar, I guess. Yeah,
1: I mean, Lesnar's never been in one of those matches, so it'd be interesting to see how you relate to it. Yeah, he's never been in Elimination Chamber. Huh. Well, he might have to this year. It's a Raw event. Uh, you'd hope so. Or Nakamura's winning the Royal Rumble, so... It's one or the other. I tune. really hope it goes to Nakamura. I really
0: don't want to see... I'm sick and tired of the Elimination Chamber being the the title is defended in it. I want that to be that number one contender thing. Because it annoys the hell out of me if it's like... If we get Roman Reigns winning the Royal Rumble first off, people are going to boo like crazy. It's Philly. People booed like crazy the last time that he won in fucking Philly. Second, then that means that Nakamura has to win some random number one contender as much at Fastlane. And yeah. Wouldn't it be so much more exciting if somebody wins the Elimination Chamber to get that spot? To me, that always makes more sense. Is it like, if you didn't win the Royal Rumble, then you're going to have to go through the chamber to get your title shot at WrestleMania.
1: Yeah. it It, it makes the most sense, but because it makes the most sense and because it's so predictable, will they actually do it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to end up being, like, Brock defense against, like, you know, Joe and Kane and Strowman and all those other people. and cool stuff. Yeah, maybe. with Tommy <laughs> Would you rather eat only meat or plants for the rest of your life? Meat.
1: I'd have to go plants. It's more variety more variety,
0: uh, see. I'm eating uh, a variety of animals.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it all just—it all basically tastes the same, though.
0: Same with plants to me. Like, you give me, uh, say, like, uncooked spinach and a big like spring mix salad
1: stuff. It's like I can't. That's all just leaves. We've just gone with two green things. Yeah, like you can't say that broccoli and sweet corn taste the same. Uh, if you cook it weird, maybe. <laughs> I'll cook it properly, because it's the only <laughs> thing that I can eat for the rest of my life. I'll no, learn every single way of cooking this stuff, to make it taste slightly different.
0: Now, would you constitute mushrooms as plants? I think they
1: grow, so I'd allow it.
0: It's like, they they are, but they aren't. Like It's kind of one of those things where it's like a tomato is technically a fruit, but it's like, fuck you, that's a vegetable. You know?
1: Well, I'd go more along the lines of, like, if if mushrooms don't count, then I'd have to switch to that one, because I'd have to go wherever mushrooms are. Mushrooms really are underrated. I know. I love
0: them so much. Seems like everybody either loves them or hates them. Mushrooms I know. Great. Uh This one is something that I think we're going to put a pin in, but uh, if we want to kind of talk about it real quick or something like that, um, Ryan asks, what's your Mount Rushmore of wrestling? The reason why I say put a pin in it is because I plan on making this a segment for the Ooh. show. Uh, I actually recently just did the logo for it. So I'm going to withhold my answer because my idea for the segment is to make it another running kind of thing where it's like, maybe it's for the website, maybe it's for the podcast. I'm not too sure yet. It kind of, I need to sort of think on like whether it would work better for, because right now I'm thinking it might work better for the website and If it's a podcast thing, then, you know, there's more discussion. But at the same time, you kind of lose track of who the four are and stuff. But I kind of wanted it to be a regular recurring thing where you can do different groups. Like, you can do the Mount Rushmore of Wrestling, the four main ones. But then you could do the Mount Rushmore of um, Managers. And the Mount Rushmore of WCW, where it's only the WCW guys. The Mount Rushmore of Tag Teams. The Mount Rushmore of... Hardcore style wrestling, like you know, kind of one of those things. So uh, I need to figure out like a template and stuff, and sort out if it's going to be a website thing or a podcast thing. But I am going to withhold my answer on that one. Fair enough. Do so you get it if you want, or you could hold off? It's one of the
1: um. Other. I'll 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 give an answer just to uh, like give Ryan what he paid for, essentially. Not that he paid anything. Like give us money instead. <laughs> ask us questions and then give us money. Uh, I would go Vince McMahon. I think it's kind of obvious why you put Vince McMahon in there. Uh, Rick Flair. Austin. And The Rock. I won't say
0: who, but I'll say at least one of those is different than what I would pick. Mm-hmm. If not all
1: four. Most people probably be me putting Hogan in as well, but I think in the popular culture thing now, it's just, I think The Rock has ascended to a point where he's beyond wherever Hogan ever reached, really. That's why I put him in the head, but the other three I'd i I'd keep no matter what, really.
0: Does Hogan have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame? He should. Uh, if I he doesn't. So.
1: No, I, I don't think he does.
0: Hmm, let
1: me see. Obviously, the Rock got his recently, so I think does Vince McMahon have one? Yeah, Vince does. Oh, uh,
0: I, don't I don't know. See anything about the about Hogan having one? Actually,
1: well, that's weird. According to a lot of people, we're still lucky to be on the um, like WWE Hall of Fame. So I think a, a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame would probably be a bit of a stretch now.
0: Yeah, but I mean, he still is a huge pop culture icon. Like I. There's probably plenty of people that don't deserve it that he could have... Yeah, but that was, spot.
1: like... I think the issue with Hogan is his, his popular culture impact, even though it was huge, is just completely contained in wrestling. I know he'd appeared in movies, but if he'd have been a movie star his entire career, then he wouldn't be as big as he was, because he sucked. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I mean, <laughs> you wouldn't give him a, a star just for Pastamania?
1: <laughs> no, unfortunately not. <laughs> and I wouldn't give it like, to... was his name? Rip in... Uh... In No Holds Board or whatever it was called.
0: Uh, I can't remember that. I mean, I'm even blanking on the name of the one where he's uh, with the kids. I know it's not Mr. Mm. Mom. What is it? Uh, it was Mr. Oh. Mom. It was the Michael Keaton thing. Fuck, what was that movie? Uh, Mr. Nanny. Mr. Nanny. Okay, that's it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, unfortunately none of that work. <laughs> I don't think merits it. So, to be <laughs> fair, that probably is the thing that kept him from getting a star on the...
0: Hulk it hard. might be, yeah, that's the sad part about it. Or it's the sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> all the racism stuff, there's quite a lot. Yeah, it could be a, a multitude of different things. It could be that he uh, screwed over uh, WCW. <laughs> there's just people uh, in charge of that are really mad about that still. Yeah,
1: so many people holding a grudge.
0: <laughs> uh, Best talker of all time, promo-wise. I think there's an argument to be made that Hulk Hogan might be, but I think I'd go with The Rock, but it's A little thing here it's when he's not just doing his catchphrases Mm. if he comes back and he phones it in then he's not the best
1: no uh i think rock is the most uh like natural and charismatic talker that he basically just take anything and make it like magnetic almost that you just want to listen to him but in terms of actual promo wise to what a promo was supposed to do which is to get people hyped up for matches and get them like explain angles and get everything across uh, I don't think Ric Flair can really be touched as the, the best promo guy of all time.
0: There's really only like a, a group of like 10 people that is in the discussion. Those are yeah. definitely in there. Piper's in the discussion. Mm. I think I'd that put, uh, Jericho deserves a lot of credit.
1: Yeah, I'd put someone like uh, Paul Heyman in there as well.
0: Yeah, Heyman's great. Cena, to his effect, is great. When, when, he's, when he's like... When he's got on. Something.
1: Yeah, when he's got a bit of like fire behind him and he's not just being ridiculously corny
0: all the time. Yeah. And I think that Punk was starting to get to that level until he
1: crapped all out. I think Brian's getting close to that level as well. Daniel Bryan? Yeah, I've really been impressed with his primary work recently. Hmm. Uh, did
0: uh, Ted DiBiase was always great too. He uh, yeah. was more of just like the character was great though, more so than him specifically.
1: Yeah, I'd say, yeah, I'd say that. And Dusty Rhodes obviously as well.
0: Yeah, Dusty, Savage.
1: Oh, Savage. That'd be a good one. He's,
0: he's got to be up there in the uh, top discussion. I don't know mm. about whether or not you can uh, classify Warrior. No. Because, like,
1: he... But they were definitely memorable, but...
0: Yeah, just... that's the thing. It's like, he's memorable and he's charismatic, but he's not a talker. He's just a rambling, nonsensical lunatic.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's quite weird. There's like, it's really few people from the modern era that you can kind of put into there.
0: Oh, there's Tamina, there's Sarah Logan. Terrible. Uh, Favorite jobber of all time? My gut reaction is Barry Horowitz.
1: Mm. It's a bit uh, before my time, really. So uh, why don't you just tell us about the olden days, about Barry Horowitz, how great he was.
0: He was one of those dudes that, like, you knew he was going to lose every single match. But you kind of didn't care because you felt sorry for him. Yeah. And it was sort of like, I forget who he had beaten. I think it was like Skip or something like that. Yeah. But he he wins a match and everybody's like, holy shit, Barry Horowitz won a match. Not even like, he won a title. It's like, he won a match. And then everybody goes nuts. He's got that, uh, I forget the name of the song, but that, that really uh, Jewish stereotypical song that da 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 Akeenovada or something like that. Yeah. It's a and that's like his theme. It's like it's so funny. It's I just I loved it. I know a lot of people are going to say Brooklyn Brawler, but uh Horowitz was right around that time frame that kind of meant a little bit more to me when I was watching wrestling and there's plenty of jobbers that, I mean Gilberg is great and uh a lot of people nowadays would say somebody like an Ellsworth or something. We just recently got Colin Delaney back.
1: Yeah, I know.
0: Like that is That was the name that's crossing my
1: mind. It's quite it's quite odd because obviously I started watching a bit past the time where jobbers were kind of a mainstay of the programming where you every single match would have somebody that would just get beaten up for three minutes and just to put the biggest stars over. You're more in an age where jobbers are actually still part of the show and they still have to have their own characters and they're on every single week and
0: Yeah, they're like a Heath Slater now.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I don't know whether this person does count as a jobber per se, because he's a two-time Intercontinental Champion for Santino Marella.
0: I don't know. That's tough. I, like he, he is won a quite jobber. a lot for a
1: jobber. He won quite a lot for a jobber,
0: to be fair. Yeah. And he's a tag team champion too.
1: Yeah, but I think uh, like if you take away, and he's a United States Champion as well. Oh God, he won a lot of titles. Oh, shit. <laughs> And he almost won the World Championship once as well. So,
0: And he almost won the Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah. It's it's weird because like, be, I'd still consider him a jobber because it's not like he ever did that and you thought, okay, this guy's eventually going to win the big one type thing. And those ones were just flukes. He was a comedy character, and I loved watching him getting beaten up. Which I, mean, I think there's an argument for it. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with that because I think... You have people like Heath Slater and James Ellsworth and even Conan Delaney for a short time as well. But um, yeah, I just, I'd never really gravitated towards them. Whereas Rella had enough character, maybe just because he was a bit more of a winner that you could actually believe, oh my God, he's going to win this match. Makes it a bit more exciting.
0: Favorite title of all time, look wise and how they booked it. That's a little um, kind of around the... Different spectrum, but I would say the winged WWF championship is my favorite. It looks really good. I really, really like the black strap intercontinental championship, like the current design. Mm. And I, you know, to be fair, I really like the WWE championship that we have now. I like that. Good. I know a lot of people hate the big W, but I
1: like it a lot. I don't like the universal championship.
0: I'm not a fan of that.
1: No. And just another color scheme of
0: it. No, and if you uh, want to see slightly different color schemes, I posted something on SportsKita about uh, three months ago or something like that, I think, where I just kind of Photoshopped a couple different variations, and I liked all of them so much better. And mm-hmm. it was like, some of them were just slight differences, like just have a black strap and uh, a red background and the black swoosh, and it looks so much
1: better. mm uh, in terms of look wise, the um the current in the Cornell Championship looks pretty good. Um, but I'd actually go with the um the undisputed championship. I really liked the like the gold plating on it, and I think it, it looked quite simple, but it was understated. But I, pre- I I appreciated that like aspect of it. I was quite disappointed when it got turned into the spinner. I kind of thought, oh, well, this is going to be John Cena's championship, and then when he loses, it's going to go back, but it didn't, so. Hmm.
0: My issue with that was it always looked really thin.
1: Yeah, I I, I think it, maybe my perspective was kind of shaped on it, because the people that held it, because that was the title that was held by Brock Lesnar, and The Rock held it, and Kurt Angle and The Undertaker, so. Eddie. Yeah, and then JBL ruined it, but. (laughs) I think that JBL was the last person to... Well, obviously Cena held it for a little while, but he was the last person to wear that championship, really. Yeah. Before it got sports. It kind of doesn't
0: but, count with Cena. Cause, yeah. you know, Cause right it, afterward, it's just sort of like, here, here's my new belt. Yeah. Booking-wise, is hard, because it's like, no championship has perfect booking. No.
1: Yeah, it's never been fully protected.
0: I mean, I would say maybe the WWE championship is like probably the best overall but we just got jinder mahal yeah exactly like so everything has a sour taste at some
1: point yeah you can't say even with like the universal championship it's only had four title holders and that still has its flaws Mm -hmm. yeah the very first one has its flaw yeah exactly and the second one had a very unmemorable reign to be fair and then it was goldberg who's 50 odd years old yeah and drops it a month and a half later. Yeah. To a guy that's uh, admittedly probably one of the best guys on the roster, but he's never around to show it off anyway.
0: And last one from Ryan here. How long have you been watching wrestling? Uh, well, I'm 30 and I don't know when I started, but I know that I was Hulk Hogan for Halloween when I was a kid. And I think that I was like, four or five. I'm pretty sure I was five at the time. Cause I kind of remember going over a friend of mine's house and I wouldn't have met him until kindergarten. So I'm assuming 25 years maybe, but I didn't watch from 2000 to 2006 at like a different range. So maybe I guess if you deduct that time about 20 years. Mm. Uh,
1: So I'm 25 and I started watching 2002 so about 15 years ago uh it's crazy that 2002 is 15 years i know jesus christ i know it makes me feel old every time i
0: graduated high school in 05 <laughs> i'm like no you can yeah, have was in kids like... that are graduating that are like that weren't born around this time frame
1: <laughs> yeah i mean that was like time just before i um left uh like essentially elementary elementary school uh, yeah, just flicked on to a random episode of SmackDown one night, and, uh, it, it was weird because it's the, um, I can't remember the first exact match I saw, because I was probably watching the few piece before that, but the thing that sticks out in my mind was, um, that was the night that, uh, Brock Lesnar choked out Hulk Hogan, hmm. and, like, made him, uh, like, bleed internally, and then Hulk Hogan was taken off, uh, T V for however many months. Uh... Yeah, but that thing sticks out in my mind. It's, like, the first, like, real memory I have of wrestling.
0: I don't know what mine would be. Yeah, that's, like, that's going
1: back real far. Yeah, it's weird, because I, I, I would... It's a weird, weird situation, because... It's because I was going on a vacation to um somewhere, so we were up at, like, I don't know, one or two o'clock in the morning, which I never would be at that age. But, um... Yeah, so I was just flicking through TV, waiting for us to go, and so, obviously, because I live in the UK, Smackdown was on at that sort of time, so just fortunate that I came across it. Hmm. I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for that like moment of fortune, <laughs> and occasionally fortune in history. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes it feels more like misfortune. I uh, got a question
0: from Howard Starr here. Would WWE produce a show entitled 405 Live for hefty men and women over 300 pounds, just like they're doing for the Cruiserweights? Uh, my response on the website here, I this is an older question, so I'm reading it, uh, what I had written originally. It says, only if they can bring back that guy that kept asking, how much does this guy weigh at that King of the Ring? Oh, Yeah. Uh, and that they make it mandatory for the commentators to do the whole, like, the ring's been reinforced, there's a lot of beef in the ring, that kind of thing. You just gotta do that every single episode, then, sure.
1: I guess it depends how much money they can get for it. Or if there actually is some sort of following. for Maybe if they go, like, like 400 pounds plus instead. Like, you can't really go 405 live, maybe go... 305 uh, live? Yeah. Just have every single one. So you have one o five live, two o five live, three o five, and it is the weirdest one would be five live, It'd just be people <laughs> that are five pounds. <laughs> well,
0: do we have how like who do we have that would be three o five live? Like, uh,
1: Lesnar? No, Lesnar's not that big, is he?
0: I don't know if we have anybody on the roster right now
1: what, over three hundred pounds. Yeah,
0: Strowman. Is he or is he, he like? Bad. Two hundred, like
1: seventy or something like that. He'd be really. I mean, I know he's not exactly like fat, but let's see. Uh, I mean, uh, Mark Henry's over three hundred pounds, so is Big Show. Big Cass is two seventy six.
0: Big Show is three eighty three. All right, so Big Show at the very least. Yeah. Strowman Mark is three eighty five. So we got yeah. Strowman, Big Show. Uh, let's see about Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt is. 285 so wow he doesn't make the cut he's pretty small <clears throat> lesnar's 286 mm-hmm. so right now we only have big show and braun Strowman, and i'm not seeing i mean let me check some mojo maybe some mojo hits that no
1: 282 mm. so mark henry mark henry's on that list sure hmm
0: can't bother clicking anybody on the 205 LIE roster because that's kind of the point. Yeah. I highly doubt that Big E is. I think that he's like 270 something. He's 285. Bruce step maybe? Nah, he can't be. He's got to be like that that 250 to 280 kind of range. Yeah. He is. Oh, he's 304. Wow. Oh, he'd be so close. Just eat a few more pounds. Yeah, just eat a sandwich beforehand just, and
1: just eat more of New Day's pancakes.
0: <laughs> what is with the pancakes? I don't get it. I don't
1: I mean, know. I don't. I don't care anymore.
0: <laughs> uh,
1: Connor's really close. He's three hundred. Give him something to do at least. Just constant matches between Connor and Big Show. That's what we're what we're getting with Friday Five live. And I think that that's it. Uh, yeah, we oh, don't you know have guys anymore. Oh NXT. NXT.
0: Yeah, uh, they gotta have Kelly and Dane at the very least, probably.
1: Yeah, Kelly and Dane and. Uh... Let's oh, see
0: Akum is 290. He's uh, 15 pounds is quite a bit to ask somebody to pack on. Um, Bononi, no. Cassius Ono, he might be. No, he's 270.
1: I'm sure he'd get there if he really tried. Or didn't try.
0: And Lars Sullivan is 303.
1: God, it's like they don't want people to reach 305 at this point. So we got uh,
0: Big Show, Strowman, Connor, uh Sullivan Rusev Yeah Killian Dine. Uh Otis dozovic
1: Oh yeah. He's three thirty. Soy Fulton must be close as well. Uh he's not in the company anymore. I'm not Soy Fulton, i uh who's um dozovic's partner?
0: Oh, uh, ooh, what's the guy's name? Oh, Tucker Knight. Tucker yes, Knight is... Because he's, like, a
1: lot taller, and he's not exactly thin.
0: He is uh, 320, so... Yeah. Tucker Knight, and let's check uh, Razor. I think. He's 330.
1: Mm. What we're saying is if you want to get this division off the ground, they're going to have to hire a few more fatties.
0: Just a couple right. more, but yeah. not too many. Uh, Killian Dane is 322. So, yeah, so we have actually a pretty decent amount of people. Uh, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. About 10 people on this list that could do a uh, 305 live. Not a 405. We have nobody even close to that, really. Even Big Show, I think, is the, like, he's like 380 or whatever we had said. So, three tons
1: of humanity. That's insane. <laughs> In a division.
0: No, uh, Not going to (laughs) happen. Nah. move on to Peter's questions here. What do you think Cesaro and Jeff Hardy want for Christmas? Do they all want their two front teeth? I thought that was a really good one. (laughs) Yeah.
1: They'll get some money from the Tooth Fairy at least this year, so good on them.
0: I'm getting sick and tired of Cesaro wearing that mouth guard when he's cutting promos.
1: Yeah, I know. I think they're trying to just make fun at his expense, really. Yeah. It's like, I'm past the joke already. Like good job, you wrestled in so much pain and agony with your teeth going out. Now we're just gonna make you cut stupid promos for the rest of the year. Yeah, imagine doing a podcast like that. Just be like, <laughs>
0: well, what, you don't. Sometimes I do. Depends. I think Drew does. <laughs> that There must be some reason for it. <clears throat> uh, do you feel that Raw has been for the last month or so planned for two hours, and then management was like,
1: "Shit, we need to write a third hour." Kind of seems like that sometimes, doesn't it? I think they just write two hours, and well, I'm always under the impression that they're kind of forced into the three hours because of the USA Network wanting to give them more and more time because they've got literally nothing else to draw viewers to their program. So they kind of just write what they can, and it's never enough. I mean, this is the reason why we've had these such long matches recently.
0: Well, it's weird is if you pay attention to the ratings, the ratings take a huge dip, but it's questionable whether or not the huge dip is because they don't put the main event on at the very end anymore. Yeah. So is it like, it's kind of a cause and effect. Is it that the ratings were taking a dip in the third hour, so they've been putting the main event in the second hour main event? Or is that causing people to not want to tune in? And I, I don't know the actual numbers to be able to go like, oh, well they've been having this dip since whatever, before they started doing this and that. But I think that this might be a conscious effort to put that second hour spot as the main focus.
1: Which It's quite weird really. Cause um, when I was listening to um res- like looking at the wrestling observer recently, I think they said that the, um, I don't know if it was this week or last week's show or a show very recently had the uh, lowest second hour in essentially raw's history. But, Behind the um, the one where they were against uh, the Clinton Trump debate, hmm. so i I mean it sounds quite harsh to say this, and I don't want to pin all the blame on them, but it does seem that the cruiserweights having a very negative effect on ratings. Like whenever they're on, there seems to be a, a noticeable decline.
0: And you can't really fault some of them, and you can't no, really fault no, the I... creative either. It's like it's kind of one of those things where it's like nobody's really doing their full uh yeah. duty like the cruiserweights aren't getting over enough to get people interested but WWE is not doing enough to get the people interested in watching the cruiserweights to begin with to get them over like yeah you know it's kind of a uh, catch 22 like
1: mm. uh
0: what do you think about Disney buying Fox this is tough because I don't like monopolies but I like it when things are consolidated so it's sort of like I don't know like I, as a big, 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 big fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think it's fantastic. You, mean, you finally get like the Fantastic Four characters, and you can put Galactus in the MCU now, and you don't have to worry about having the rights issues for different things, and you can bring the X-Men in and fix that franchise up and stuff. But at the same time, all the other aspects to this Fox deal... I'm oblivious to like they're going to control so, so much. Mm-hmm. And what are they going to do with some of that? Like technically they kind of own the Simpsons now. So what happens with the Simpsons? Now I haven't watched the show in a couple of years cause it's just not the way that it used to be and stuff. But do we get like a change of how Fox operates its own TV station or does that fall into the whole idea of how fox gets to keep the news and the sports like because you can't really have necessarily more than one generic network i think and they already have abc so you can't really continue with fox but do you get rid of the fox channel at that point and incorporate everything else into something else or you know, like, that's where things get a little bit crazy to me, and we're not going to see a whole lot of effect on this, I think, for a little while, but in the next, like, five years, I think things are going to drastically change.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't really kept up with this story too much, so I don't really know what the major effect's going to be. Um, I mean, Disney does seem to be, it's, it's gotten so huge to the point that it's, going to try and create a monopoly over a lot of stuff at the moment i think fox is just the tip of the iceberg really for them i think they want to get involved in a lot of other companies and other like media productions so i think this is just the start of something it's a, it's definitely a really big movement. it's uh definitely caught a lot of people's attention to something that most people thought never ever happened But it's just the state of how Fox has gone and how big Disney's become. Uh, I don't know how it will affect things in terms of, like, either a wrestling side of things because Fox was um, one of the people that were considering, like, well, one of the names in the discussion of people that might buy the television rights for WWE when uh, uh, their deal expires with USA next year, I believe. So I don't know whether that scuppers that deal completely. But
0: uh, I think Disney actually was in the running to potentially buy WWE. Yeah, at one point. So, like, maybe that even helps upspeed the process a little bit. But then you got to also figure if Disney just bought Fox and they spent however much money that was on—I forget offhand—like they're probably not going to want to just buy up more assets too because they're they just plunked out all this money. Yeah. Um, But it is Disney. They They own fucking. You know. billions and billions
1: of dollars they can afford it probably yeah and they're gonna own like so much more going forward as well they're just getting bigger at this point so like i say it's probably the first of many but we kind of have to just watch this space and see how it develops really i don't really know the finer details of how this move's gonna take place yeah
0: although at the very least thank god comcast isn't buying them (laughs) fuck that man thank god Uh,
1: comcast isn't buying anything
0: Speaking of that, uh, Peter brings up a good question here. What do you think about net neutrality and what is your plan if it gets out of hand for a smart out moment? I don't have a plan. If net neutrality gets all fucked around and Comcast and AT&T and all them get what they want, which they clearly are getting right now, there is no plan. There's no fighting that. Cable companies clearly have control over the government in ways that an average person can't because they have money. And the average person doesn't have millions and millions of dollars to buy people out. And that's what sucks about this country is everybody likes to talk about America as this like beacon of freedom, but they don't like to acknowledge the fact that when you have capitalism, the point of capitalism is the people that have the most money make the rules. And that isn't freedom. That is. The same as a dictatorship, but the difference being a dictatorship is somebody seizes control through, like, warfare, and capitalism is somebody seizes control through money.
1: Yeah, capitalism gives you the opportunity for people that are at the lower levels to get to that point. Right. But they have to just get a load of money, and then they just become that next level of people that will be deciding the people that can't make that money. Yeah, and I—
0: absolutely hate this idea and i think that some people don't understand a lot of the net neutrality stuff too and i'll admit that i'm ignorant to some of it but it needs to be regulated that's the thing and it needs to be regulated in a government capacity that isn't going to get corrupted too like you can't have lobbyists that that ruins everything and Mm -hmm. already it's doing the whole like well, we're going to raise prices for this and we're going to raise prices for that. And people don't realize too that the way that this is going to go down is it's not going to go through like the Senate and whatever and immediately afterward, the day afterward, Comcast is going to go, okay, well now we're going to introduce these uh, price li- uh for different like highways and stuff. That's not what's going to happen. What they're going to do is they're going to change the way that they have different tiers. And it's going to say eventually... The same as what we have right now, where you can get, you know, this amount of upload speed for this money and this amount of download speed for this money. And they're just going to have packages and it's going to be the type of crap where they're going to say like, you could have our sports package where you can get access to ESPN.com and you can go to this and whatever for X amount of money per month, but you don't get access to your social media and you can have our social media package and that's an extra $5 a month. And that way you can get fast speeds for Facebook and fast speeds for Instagram and whatever. And eventually they're going to roll it out slow enough that people are going to be like, well, I only pay for the social media package because all I do is go on Twitter. And it's like, now you don't have to do that. (laughs) That's kind of the point of net neutrality is it's all the same. You buy the internet and that is it. Everything is the same. So that's why it needs to remain neutral. And for the people that go, Oh, woe is me. It's going to revert back to 2015. The reason why it's an issue is because they wanted to do that kind of stuff before. Net neutrality, when it popped up, was something that said, you officially can't do that. Now they revert back to the idea of, well, maybe you can. And it's more of an argument of, should it be in place of you absolutely can't, or should it be an option? Because if they get an option, they're going to do it. That's the issue. And if uh, we have a problem where website owners are going to have to spend money, I don't make enough money on Smartcat Moment to spend for a big bandwidth plan or something like that. And then Smartcat Moment will go under. That's just the way that it is. Unless, you know, a bunch of people will spend a whole bunch of money on Patreon, <laughs> like that kind of a thing. Exactly, Peter. Yeah. Uh, who was it before that you were saying? Orion. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: All of you guys cough up uh yeah i think you pretty much covered everything i I again will admit to being ignorant about a lot of this stuff and also just due to the fact that it doesn't really affect the uk as much yeah i mean we do have sisters where um our essential uh oath to net neutrality as it were is essentially a voluntary thing uh rather than actually being legally obligated to do it um, the European Union definitely has um, legal obligations behind uh, essentially keeping the internet free for all users, but uh, Britain soon won't be part of the EU. So mm. that's something that we'll have to essentially cross that bridge when it comes to it. But already, uh, internet service providers and uh, like cable companies essentially in the UK have a lot of uh, power to produce different packages as well and offer higher speeds different allowances things like that already so this will just extend it even further if it was to reach from the us into the uk but it's definitely not going to hit us as hard no
0: at least not for a while yeah not for the time being not until they get away with it in the united states then go all right well now we can start taking it elsewhere Exactly. And then by that point, everybody will be used to it in the United States and we'll just roll over and deal with it. And then all the people in the United States will be telling the people from outside, like, well, oh, we deal with it and it's not that big of an issue. And uh, people are stupid. Mm. People. <laughs> Meant to ask this last month, slipped my mind. I went to a Halloween party dressed as The Undertaker. Same one, go home
1: to Mania. I don't know what that was. I assume that's the same one that he used to, he went, when he went to Mania or something. Uh, okay. Or when the go home show to WrestleMania or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh oh! I was on
0: that show. Um, everyone knew who the Undertaker was. Do you think that Taker is one of the most recognizable wrestlers to non-wrestling fans? Mm, I don't know. He's not Hulk Hogan or, or The Rock or you know. Even he's been Cena. there so
1: long. He's been there so long, though. You got kind of think. I I don't go for the impression that everybody's watched wrestling at some stage of their life, whether But I think a, a large proportion of people have watched, have been exposed to it for a certain level considering the fact that he's been essentially a pretty constant figure for 25 years, 26, 27 years, it's more than likely that if you've seen one or two wrestling shows, you've probably seen something with The Undertaker on it.
0: Maybe, but I also kind of think that if you were to talk to random people on the street and show them pictures of different people, if you showed them a picture of, like, say, Justin Bieber, most people are going to be like, oh, it's Justin Bieber, or like Kim Kardashian or all these other, like, real piece of shit celebrities. <laughs> mm. uh, and then you show them some big-time actors, you know, like a Brad Pitt, and Angelina Jolie, uh, Kevin Spacey at this point, you know, that kind of a thing. Uh, of course, for different reasons. <laughs> uh, but then you start showing them wrestlers. I think if you just randomly showed a picture of The Undertaker to a hundred people on the street, with no context and you said, Who is this guy? They would go, oh, he looks like he's in Sons of Anarchy or something, you know. I don't think a lot of people would know who Undertaker necessarily is. No, but I don't it, think he's, he's in like that range that. where it's like, you might,
1: you know. Well I think in 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 the scheme of wrestlers, like probably he's probably more recognizable than most.
0: Yeah, it's like he's right at that weird. Level where it's like you show Hulk Hogan, everybody's going to know Hulk Hogan. You show the Undertaker, uh not the Undertaker. That's the whole point we're talking about. You show The Rock, people are going to know The Rock, but they're going to know The Rock more for his acting right now than being a wrestler. If you show him Daniel Bryan, nobody's going to know. No. And if you show him Chavo Guerrero, nobody's going to know. The Undertaker, there's a chance people go, oh, it's the Undertaker, yeah, yeah. But they're going to have to be an older person, I think. If you talk to like some eight year old kid, I don't think they're going to have a clue who he is. No. No. Uh, are you guys interested in Wrestle Kingdom? Definitely.
1: Fuck yeah. Yes, I'm so excited.
0: The thing with me with Wrestle Kingdom is, um, I'm gonna have to write down when it is for sure, like in my calendar, because I'm not paying any attention to it to really know too much about the card and to look forward. Thursday, to Thursday, January fourth.
1: I don't January know what time it is. Yeah, Thursday, January. It's always January the fourth. It's, oh, really? like it's not like a. It's not like a um. A WWE show where it's whatever Sunday in the month, it's always January the 4th. No matter what day it is in Japan.
0: Huh. That's weird. All right. Well, then January 4th. So I will hopefully be able to watch that and check it out and at least talk about it on the hot tags or so. But, it's about, um,
1: it'll be about a six hour show. So I hope you're prepared for a. a well, slot. as long
0: as they have some random anime character pop up and confuse the fuck out of me, then.
1: Yeah, that was good last
0: year. That was crazy.
1: Uh, now the, the giant
0: battle royal and stuff like that as well. That's always fun. Yeah, like
1: where you yeah. See uh, like Billy Gunn or
0: something turn up. Haku popped up in the one that I was mm. watching and stuff. It was like, I'm down for that. Scott, I don't Scott know who. Scott as well. Ninety percent of the people are, and that's just because I'm, you know, a dumb fucking American. But uh yeah, like Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Cool, young bucks wrestling. I'm sure you know Cody Rhodes. Like I like these people. They're fun.
1: Yeah, this show is building up to be, like, really, really good. Uh, Obviously, the uh, main event is uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito for the IWGP Championship. Uh, Currently, they're two of probably the top five wrestlers in the world right now, and I I have no idea who's going to win it at the moment. Like, my logic in my mind is suggesting that it's got to be the time that Naito's gonna win it because okada's been champion for over 500 days at this point i think so you'd assume that a title change is going to happen eventually but
0: you never really know in
1: japan they like building up their wrestlers
0: yeah and it's like that's their wrestlemania but even sometimes at wrestlemania sometimes the champion doesn't change
1: yeah i mean okada didn't lose it last year to omega and a lot of people assume that would be the case last year so um omega and Jericho's obviously a huge match and definitely probably the biggest draw for any Western fans watching the show. Omega's uh, winning that, don't you think? You'd assume so. I mean I don't want to rule anything out just yet because obviously Jericho hasn't isn't isn't coming back to WWE anytime soon, not for WrestleMania or anything like that. So you never know that he might have a couple more matches in New Japan, but I don't think he's winning the championship, no. Um Other matches on there. Cody Rhodes is fighting Kota Ibushi. Yeah, that should be great. Which was originally for the Ring of Honor World Championship, but Cody Rhodes is no longer the Ring of Honor World Champion.
0: That's right. Yeah, he did just lose that to uh, Castle, right?
1: Yeah, Dalton Castle. So it's just a a regular match. (laughs) Just a regular match now. Hmm. No, it kind of
0: takes a little bit out of it, but at the same time, maybe that means that you know you can kind of play around a little bit because if uh, Ibushi would have won, then it would have been a whole big thing of like, you know. I guess he's the Ring of Honor champion now. Does he pop up a Ring of Honor? You know.
1: Yeah, I think this allows Kota to win the match because a lot of people are thinking the long-term goal is eventually a Kota versus Kenny Omega match for Omega's championship. That so, makes sense. Yeah, so that probably makes it a little bit easier. It's, I want to see whether Um Castle actually wrestles at Wrestle Kingdom because it's been tradition to have uh, the Ring of Honor championship defended in recent years at Wrestle Kingdom, but whether they decide to do that or not hmm. is up in the air. Um, there's uh Tanahashi versus Jay White for the Intercontinental Championship, which should be a very good match. Uh, the Young Bucks are fighting for the junior heavyweight uh, tag championships against uh, Rapongi uh, 3K. So, and again, it's another, like, probably a very good uh, fast-paced match. And uh, the other match I'm looking forward to is the... Um, a Fatal 4-Way match, it's really weird in like New Japan to have a Fatal 4-Way match. I mean, WWE seem to see one every single week, almost. But uh, it's very rare that you don't see anything that's not a singles match or a tag team match in New Japan. So uh, it's Will Ospreay, uh, Kashida, Mighty Skull, and uh, Tanahashi. And it should be just interesting due to the fact that people who in Japan don't See this type of match very often, so they'll probably be adjusting to it quite a bit. So it might be an interesting atmosphere for that. But Wrestle Kingdom twelve in total, I'm so like heading on at the moment. That and the Royal Rumble it makes January one of the best years to be a wrestling fan, one of the best months anyway.
0: Yeah, I was just (laughs) not quite a year. January's a full great year. Twenty eighteen starting off with a bang.
1: We we, if if, like the year ended just in January, the wrestling would be great every single year.
0: (laughs) Do you think WWE is trying to use reverse psychology on the Bullet Club? I think that they want them in WWE. Maybe. They would,
1: bite, they would bite their hands off to have them in WWE.
0: I think it's kind of an issue where they want them, but they don't want to pay the the same price
1: that Bullet Club wants. Well, I think, yeah, I think the issue is Bullet Club is too big. For, well, I don't want to say it's too big for WWE, because obviously they're not. WWE is like this huge organization, definitely still the biggest company in the world. But, it's not like they can bring him, bring him in on the same salary. They bring other independent wrestlers on no. because they've gone to a point where they're bigger than just, they've got their own branding and they've got their own like deals. They've worked out as well. The young bucks and people like Cody Rhodes and other members of Bullet Club are the most highly paid independent wrestlers on the market.
0: Mm. So yeah, the young bucks in particular, like they, they asked for a much bigger price than what WWE would want. They would look yeah. at them as like these indie guys and young bucks are like, no, we are, the and D tag team Yeah, there's the is no
1: question oh yeah i was just gonna say if there's issues that they've got to bring them in they've got to do something with them or they've got to push them hard mm-hmm. because otherwise they're not getting like the investment out of it if they just want to bring them in and just make them another team or just another faction that gets disbanded immediately and all the people just start to filter into the mid card then they they're gonna be spending money that's never going to be returned back to them yeah, and look what happened with uh, Gallows and Anderson. I don't know exactly. why they haven't pushed those two. Are well, they just? Uh, I don't know. They just clearly never were a focus. It's almost a. I almost makes me feel like they just brought them in because one they were signing AJ Styles, and two because they wanted them out of New Japan. Yeah, there were two Americans that were in New Japan. Actually, is Carl Anderson American? He might be Canadian. I'm not sure. I think he's American. Okay. But yeah, just just throw them at, get them out of New Japan, just to slightly weaken New Japan and make sure that AJ Styles comes over.
0: Who do you want and who do you think will show up in WWE in 2018? Peter suggests James Storm, Abyss, Rosemary, Pentagon Dark, Worldwide, Underground, and Bullet Club. I don't even know who some of those people are. Uh,
1: He also says he thinks that the entire
0: Impact roster will be bought out for a penny. You might as well at this point. Yeah. I'm unfamiliar with a lot of different people, especially like Ring of Honor and New Japan people, but the only names that I could write down that I I know enough about, uh, EC3 for sure. I would like James Storm to return to uh, NXT. Of course I want Kenny Omega. I actually want John Morrison back. He's done a little bit recently. And I think uh, Chelsea Green should get a shot. Laurel Van Ness.
1: Uh, Zach Roddy's girlfriend. Warmer. or oh, wait, Vormer. no, they're still together. Should... Uh, that's right, they are. Yeah, I'm thinking of Emma. Ah, don't want her back. That wouldn't be that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if Emma came back. But um, 2018. Uh, I mean, the first name that's popping in my head right now is Ronda Rousey, yeah. and that's just due to the Women's Royal Rumble, and I think it's it would just be a huge injection into the women's division to have someone with that like notoriety outside of wrestling. I know a lot of people are saying it'll be a negative, but I think it, at least in the short term, it could be a huge positive. Yeah, um, I think that
0: there was a pretty good chance she's doing something. So I, I didn't even really count her.
1: Uh, other names. I mean, John Morrison, I think has definitely improved a lot since in his time out of WWE. So it would be good to have him back, but I think he's, He's still tied into Lucha Underground at the moment, so it's unlikely that that would happen. Uh, Bobby Lashley, I'd like to see back. He improved a huge amount in uh, Impact Wrestling, especially in the last couple of years. So I think that'd be worthwhile. I'd like someone like MVP, almost. Just someone who could yeah. fit into the mid-card a little bit, that has like that veteran experience. Almost like a Shelton Benjamin, but not just thrown into a tag team that no one cares about. I'd like MVP back. That'd be cool.
0: Usually I equate him with Carlito, but I think Carlito's kind of past the point now.
1: Yeah. Out of um, Peter's suggestion, I think the most interesting one for me is Rosemary. Uh, essentially, a, a, a this very intriguing women's wrestler from Impact Wrestling that's very, uh, I wouldn't say gothic, but just very uh, like out there and a little bit bizarre. She's very good on promos, and she's very good with her character. And she's she's good in the ring. I wouldn't say, like, she's amazing or anything, but her character more than makes up for that fact. So I'd like to see her in WWE as well. Who's, like, uh, Worldwide Underground? Oh, they are... Uh, well, Worldwide Underground is actually contains John Morrison. Uh, it's uh, Lucha Underground's, uh, like, main heel faction. So it's John Morrison, who's on Lucha Underground, Johnny Mundo, uh... Jack Evans, Justin Gabriel, and uh, uh Ty Valkyrie, who's uh, Johnny John Morrison's fiance, and uh, Ricky Mundo, who's essentially like a um like a, a John Morrison super fan. <laughs> I literally he changed his name on the show because his his name used to be Ricky Mandel. He changed it to Ricky Mundo so he'd have the same surname. Is <laughs> it? Was a, all, all five of them are, like, really, really good. Both mm. in the ring and, like, in their characters as well.
0: Uh, did you hear that Vince... This is a good joke I liked. Uh, did you hear that Vince wanted the name Absolution PMS, but Stephanie stepped in saying they wouldn't get the reference? <laughs> I like that. Is that actually true? I entirely doubt it, but... <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's a really- <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic if it was true. Just be like, what well, we used to do, paid Charlotte Becky. That didn't make any sense, but PMS does. Like, you know... I like it. I, I like that better yeah. than Absolution as a name. But you can't do that with the current situation, you know. You'd end up having to apologize for it and stuff. Mm. Do you think that Absolution and Riot Squad has turned everyone face? They seem to be the only heels. No, I think that this is just more proof that WWE has no idea what to do with these teams.
1: No. if I mean, they haven't turned everyone face. They've just turned me off of women's wrestling for a, a short period. Mm-hmm. It's it's so frustrating to watch this, everything that's going on, especially with this like this Royal Rumble announcement as well, which is a great thing. And I'm, I'm glad they're promoting it a huge amount and saying, oh, this is going to be a big deal. It is definitely a history making thing. I know they say everything in women's wrestling is a history making moment, but this definitely is in the category of yes, this does fit into that category. But the way Stephanie McMahon came out in the middle of these guys fighting and everyone had to just stop and stand towards the camera and get all excited and say, oh, my God, we're so excited. We've had this opportunity instead of like, couldn't they have a situation where they had this big brawl and they're getting turned about? And then Stephanie appears on the Titan Tron and says, it's clear that we have a lot of aggression and animosity in this division. So we're going to test see which one of you truly deserves the opportunity, an opportunity to shine at WrestleMania. To actually have a bit of, like, the aggression. Because it seems just makes it feel like the last few months were just nothing, really. Because why why were you fighting now that this has happened? Why why even bother fighting? Because you're just standing in the ring to sort of, celebrate the fact that you're women who are wrestlers. <laughs> it's a little bit weird. Yeah. I mean, it's not like... I know I make this analogy, but it's not like you have Daniel Bryan coming out every time that the tag team wrestlers are in a a brawl and saying tag team wrestling is so important and we're going to make history making like tag team Royal Rumble situation or something along those lines. Like it's always just the women's wrestling. and I know you have to force it through to get people to understand that and make this seem like this is the norm. Now you sometimes have to push a little bit harder than just try and make it well, Then instead of just, like, letting things happen in order to get your point across.
0: Well, it's the same with anything like that, and it seems really sexist to say, but it's just, it's the truth. Something like Wonder Woman, if you replace the Wonder Woman and Steve Trevor characters, you switch them around, it's a mediocre movie. Exactly. And people are never going to be willing to admit that because in their mind, it's like this revolutionary movie that pushed forward the uh women's equality kind of thing and stuff. And it's like, yeah. you can argue that it's good be, uh, for doing that reason. And it's like, I'm I'm glad that like, there's all these women that are kind of like, I feel like I'm being represented and stuff like that. And it's like, but you have to still admit that it's not the great fucking movie. Like, and That's the same as with the women's wrestling stuff is when people act like if you didn't like the women's match on a card that you're crapping all over the women's division. It's like, no, I didn't like that match. Like I didn't like that match at a clash of champions. That was probably my least favorite match. Exactly. that's because that match wasn't that great. I know Mm -hmm. that they can do better. And when they do better, I give them credit for it. Like I wanted that uh, Sasha Banks Charlotte match to be the the main event of Hell in a Cell. It -hmm. needed to be. And I wasn't that impressed with the match, no. But I wanted it to be like. I mean, yeah.
1: it it boils down to this. I'm stealing your phrase now. Just. To... <laughs> uh, I haven't said it yet today. Yeah, you know, I'll will t- take it for this time then. <laughs> Just to make sure we feel our quota for every show. Um, that am I happy that uh, like women's wrestling is getting more time and a bigger spotlight in WWE? Yes, but do I want? But if it's not good, I'm not going to care about it. So, like you can give them you can give them two out of three hours of raw if it's two really shitty hours, then what am I gonna get out of it? yeah,
0: and when you're doing stuff like the absolution riot squad stuff, you're not putting effort into it. you're just here are three heels, and we want everybody to make them th- uh like to think that they're amazing, so everybody's going to go against them because if we have the whole roster against them, then it makes them seem really important. And they're doing the same thing, copy and paste. So exactly. no, th- people aren't faces now. It's not like Nia Jax is a baby face just because she helped out people. And it's just that they don't know what else to do. Uh, speaking of don't knowing what to do is Natalia hurt, retired or pregnant. I would have hoped that she would have at least lasted until mania and retire that way. Uh, she's being listed as, participating in the Mixed Match Challenge. <laughs> and I got to assume she's going to want to be in that Royal Rumble. So, yeah, I
1: mean, she's already announced that, essentially through Twitter, that she's looking forward to making history again in that Rumble.
0: Yeah, so I don't know what the hell they're doing with that. I th- I think that's just another example of her being a really shitty heel.
1: From from what I've heard about what that promo was, essentially nobody, well, nobody who was in the know of like, wrestling and stuff like that said that they had any inclination that Natalia was retiring. Essentially, the promo was just a way just essentially to give her some mic time to try and get booed, which mm. she did. She did get booed, but pe- but in a way that people thought that she was retiring in a very similar way to someone like, um, you know, when um, like Michelle McCall or Lita got retired, they were essentially booed out of the building. They were heels when they retired. So a similar vibe to that almost but that wasn't the intention. She's just really bad at what she does.
0: And it's weird that, like, we talk about the whole copy and paste with the Absolution of Riot Squad thing, and it's like, SmackDown does this thing with Natalia, then two nights later, they do that thing with Dolph Ziggler. Like, yeah, I know. Can you only have, like, one idea that you keep repeating over and over? Like, this... How many six-man tags are we gonna fucking get? We've been getting... This episode of Raw, twice on this episode, we had a match that... Turned into a secondary match. And we had two six-person per, uh, tags. Like, they, they were really phoned it in. I don't understand it. Did they have two six-person tags on SmackDown? Mm-hmm. They had a six-woman
1: tag and a six-man tag. No, this, the women's one was just a tag match. I was? It, it was uh, Naomi and Charlotte against Sarah Dobson and Ruby Roy, I think. No, no, Raw, I meant. Oh, Raw's one, yeah. Yeah, I know, it, it is getting a little bit ridiculous that uh yeah Smackdown oh, had the six man tag at the end but not the, oh, the yeah. women's yeah but it is it, it does seem like they're in cruise control at the moment it doesn't seem like they're pushing the boat out for anything
0: no, it's like the end of the year we're at the holidays I don't really want to work so how about we just do the same thing in segment one as we did in segment five
1: like, well if you don't want to work on the holidays why have you put Raw on Christmas yeah fucking morons and it's
0: going to be on New Year's too
1: I know, and no one's going to watch Eva's show, so mm. what's, what's the point of all this? Charlotte said, at Survivor
0: Series, she's a Grand Slam champion. Someone suggested the Divas to me. Do you think the Divas, NXT, SmackDown, and Raw championships should be the Grand Slam? Peter says he thinks that uh, you should replace the Divas with the money in the bank. I don't think we need a Grand Slam uh, for the women's division.
1: I don't think that we have the qualifications for it right now. No, not currently, especially with the Divas championship. I mean, how many people that were... That, like we're around at the time of the divas championship like still yeah it's defunct I mean, now you can't win it so yeah i mean who's who's won it there's like page yeah page has won it uh, Charlotte, natalia alicia fox um mickey james yeah mickey james and she's won the women's champion the other the old women's yeah. championship as well so you have to add that as well i think you can't really have a women's grand slam until you have a women's tag team titles yeah, and you kind of even can't have a triple crown, really,
0: because a lot of these women are never going to be able to win that NXT title either.
1: Yeah, well, I'd go, I'd go, yeah, I'd, I'd say, if you are going to have a women's not so much grand slam, but just like collecting all the championships, it should be the Royal Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship, and then an eventual tag team championships if they ever come up with that. Yeah, and you don't have enough of a roster for that now. Uh, no, n- unless you decide to put them all together in one actual show.
0: Yeah, if you fuse uh fuse them all together and it's like a crossover show, then then you might. Mm. Do you think that WWE still wants to do Sister Abigail? Mm, yeah, but I don't think that they know what they want to do with it. I think that they wanted to do that whole cross-dressing kind of thing with Finn Balor, and when they had to put a pin in that,
1: now I think that they're just like, I don't know, let's just do the Woken thing instead. Yeah, I don't think the stuff that he's doing with Matt Hardy at the moment is going to lead to Sister Abigail coming back again. Um, I I think they're probably done with the idea for now. Well, probably for the foreseeable future. Maybe they'll come over. if They just don't have anything going forward. But I just don't see Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor feuding again anytime soon because that experiment was yeah. like, very flawed to start they with. They had enough matches. They don't need any more. Yeah, it was like a blessing in disguise that uh, Bray Wyatt got the mumps.
0: Uh, let's see. Peter's last question here. Did you hear that Seamus is on borrowed time? He contracted spinal stenosis, the Austin edge killer. I hope that that's not the case. And I'm really kind of thinking you that maybe that's chain. not. Cause, change
1: your chain on Seamus.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, Seamus, he's worn me down over the past couple of years. <laughs> And I fucking just officially declared that he's no longer like, like I haven't thought of him that way for a while for well over a year, but I, I don't put him in the same thing as Del Rio anymore. Like I used to have those two tied together as like, I'm sick of these two. I don't see why they're going to push whatever. Ever since Seamus stopped being a main eventer, he's slowly but surely become somebody that I'm just kind of like, all right, like I like Seamus, you know, he's fine. And now it's to a point where I'm like, I want Sheamus to be in the Hall of Fame eventually. But fucking right after I get a chance to do that, it's like, oh, he might have to retire. I'm like, God damn it. Is this like the Daniel Bryan thing all over again? Like, where I I give somebody props and then they get fucking injured for, you Mm -hmm. know, a year? Like, it's ridiculous. But I hope that that's not the case. And I'm really confused about if that were a big problem that he might be retiring and stuff, they wouldn't
1: have him as a champion and still wrestling. I'm very yeah. suspicious of that. Well, I don't think it's like something that's going to affect him short term, but it is, it's, it's widely known that he is taking a uh, more precautions with his neck and he's doing a, uh, like sp- special exercise routines that like trying to strengthen his neck and trying to like give him a little bit more protection. But a lot of people do think that he does have the same condition that edge eventually had, but to be fair, Edge, Edge had that condition for about a decade until before he retired. Hmm. So it's not something that would force Seamus out the door immediately. I mean, I don't want to say I don't want to be like a, a doctor and say, oh, well, Edge lasted eight years. Why can't Seamus last another eight right. years?" But it's a sense of if he thinks he can still go, then they're not going to stop him at the moment. But they'll probably this will probably be if if the reports are true. This will probably be the cause of his retirement, and it probably will cause him to retire earlier than he would have wanted. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think he's still got a while to go. I
0: hope if that's the case, and he actually does have this kind of an issue, that they give him a little bit of time off. Yeah. I think that he deserves it. Like, have either Ambrose and Rotwell, Ambrose can't anymore, Ambrose is injured. He's injured. He's actually injured. Um, I have to change some of the stuff on the website about that because I was assuming that they were going to win those titles back and stuff, but maybe like have the Revival beat the bar and give Sheamus a little bit of time after WrestleMania off or something like that. Mm -hmm. But now at WrestleMania, what do you do with Rollins and stuff? It's, uh, man,
1: the Ambrose thing is going to cause some issues. I guess you can put Rollins with Joe because I think the idea was Joe and Ambrose, but obviously Ambrose can't do that for a while now.
0: I'm still thinking Joe and Strowman.
1: Yeah, I, I just don't know. Yeah, I just don't know what you do with Rollins at this point in
0: time. I mean, worst case scenario, you put him in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. You can't put Seth Rollins in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. He'd be the big name.
1: The one that everybody goes, oh, he's the big guy. He's going to win that one. And then he doesn't. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's too big, though. It's he's on that precipice too much. He's like someone like how do you go from fighting Triple H last year to Being in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, oh Triple H really like sends guys. He really puts them over in these sort of stuff. Yeah, the guy he was facing is in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and now he's facing another person that's going to be buried after a year as well. So
0: they'll be like, "He's so big, he's almost like the Second Coming of Andre the Giant." (laughs) Uh, Let's get to Frankie's questions here. Uh, These are where some of the food ones are going to come in. Not quite. First off, though, first off is what did you put up to decorate your house? decorations great answer uh christmas tree some other kind of
1: stuff you know yeah christmas tree and tinsel essentially that was as much as i did yeah
0: I, i miss the old days where like you used to like put a whole lot more out and stuff but i don't have the fucking time and
1: did you ever put lights in front of your house or anything like that
0: we used to I used to have this like big uh, plum tree that used to be really good to put lights on and got rid of it last year. So that like no way to do that now, but it's just too much fucking work and screw that. That's actually one of the reasons why I've been sick recently is because going through all the decorations and kicking up all that dust and stuff. And you know, it's uh decorations are fun, but at the same time, it's kind of like it's, it seems like it's more worth than uh, more work than what it's worth a lot of the time too. So. I like watching other people's decorations. Like, you go crazy, you put the lights out, and it's like, oh, neat. But I didn't have to spend hours doing it. So.
1: Level <laughs> yeah, let, let else do the work.
0: Yep. I saw a good thing. It was uh, somebody on Reddit posted. It was like a uh, cubicle and like a decorating contest kind of thing. One person did like all this kind of crazy stuff, and the other person just put up a piece of paper with an arrow that pointed it and said ditto. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's copy-paste. Same with Absolution uh question for the food stuff do you like nilla wafers i actually like them a whole lot when you mix them with uh nutella like that's a good like you dip uh one of those in nutella definitely try that if you haven't done that already but they're not like a go-to cookie for me i mean chocolate chip is the fucking best kevin owens
1: would agree uh i've never had one before so i can't really uh can't really uh compare them but uh I like vanilla as a as a flavor, so I'm sure I would enjoy them.
0: What are your favorite kinds of chips? Gun to my head, I'm gonna pick Doritos over everything else. Regular
1: Doritos, not Cool Ranch. Uh, crisps, as we call them in the UK. Uh, I would go with um, hula hoops. I usually like, uh, I'm, they're quite uh, essentially like a circle of potato. Kind of like um, a non oniony funyun, yeah, something along those lines. Um, I usually like uh, those sort of uh, chips that are flavoured in um, uh, cheese and onion flavours, or at least something that has some sort of onion kick to it,
0: like sour cream and onion, or like um, yeah, one of those ones, yeah, or the
1: aforementioned funyuns. Yeah, it has to have some sort of like onion flavour to it mm-hmm. for me to fully appreciate it.
0: Have you had a mistletoe moment? Yeah, but it was one of those ones where it was like, Oh look at that, let's go under the mistletoe. Yeah, it's like doesn't really count.
1: Oh, you never had one where it's just like spontaneously, you just see it.
0: Nah, never like been in a the situation like that. No.
1: No movie moments.
0: Just no. more like uh an ex girlfriend being like, We should have a mistletoe moment and it's like, okay, let's manufacture this.
1: <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever like seen mistletoe in person. So I can't even... So yeah, I definitely haven't seen I it. I don't know. I Like, Uh, it's weird because you see it in the movies all the time, but I think it's very... It feels like a very American construct. Probably, yeah. You don't really have it a lot in the UK, or if there is, then it's kind of... It feels a bit, like, phony, almost.
0: I'm pretty sure the mistletoe that I've seen have all been fake, too. <laughs> so... Uh, what's your favorite kinds of chicken? Frankie's oh, where is are, uh, chicken wings and legs and barbecue and teriyaki. Um, this is where Kalen really should have came yeah. in.
1: Yeah. He needs to comment on this one.
0: Yeah. At least. Uh, I go breaded chicken more than anything else. So like chicken tenders and stuff. Cause you could do like chicken parm. You could put it in a sandwich, you know, you could eat it on
1: its own. Uh, yeah, I, I do like breaded chicken. Uh, my favorite, like, chicken dish is uh, chicken Kiev's. It's essentially with, like, garlic butter in the inside and stuff like that, which yeah, is really pretty good. good. I'm actually planning on having that tonight after I'm finished recording. So. <laughs> uh, okay, this is a
0: spoiler. When did you learn that Santa wasn't real and how? What? Sorry for the little kids listening, which, if you no. are listening, your parents are not doing a good enough job because we curse constantly on this. Yeah. At least I do. Um, yeah, I was in first grade. And I don't remember what really, like, sparked it, but I remember just kind of asking my mom, you know, is Santa real? And she was trying to play it off. She's like, well, you know, if you believe in Santa and you, you're good to whatever like that. And I was like, yeah, but, like, is he really real? And she's mm-hmm. like, ah, no. And I was like, yeah, it's the same thing for, like, the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy and all that. And she's like, yeah, it's <laughs> just kind of, like, jig us up. It's all <laughs> fake. Life's going to suck from now on, kid. Like, that kind of thing.
1: Uh, I genuinely don't remember when I found out that Sandra was real. Uh I definitely thought he was real around about like the age of uh eight or nine ish. I think it was it was somewhere after that point where I started to I mean, I think we my parents weren't exactly keen on hiding this sort of stuff. They weren't trying to protect my innocence too much or anything like that. Like they would tell me that two fairies actually just putting money under your, under your pillow or something along those lines. It got to a point where I was about eleven, and like I say, oh my tooth f- f- fell out, and they just give me the money instead of <laughs> going through the whole rigmarole of everything else. So, uh, yeah, it was it was around about that those sort of times. I so definitely like pre the age of pre my teenage years, but uh, yeah, the moment itself doesn't really stick too much in my mind. I remember specifically in
0: second grade, you know, the year after I had stopped believing that a friend of mine. And uh, this other girl uh, in class, they were having this big argument for some reason, and the girl was, like, adamant that, like, Santa was going to bring her all this good stuff and whatever like that. And my friend Nick was like, you know, that that's, your, that's just your dad in a suit, right? And all this, and she was all, like, horrified at the idea. Like, oh. no, it's not, whatever. He's just like, that's your fucking dad, like, whatever. And it's like... I remember th- sitting there going, like, oh, why are you going to ruin it for the kid even though she was my age and we were just, like, seven at the time. <laughs> like, I re- So I remember that distinctly more than even when I stopped believing because oh, yeah, I, I was in art class at the time. We had Mrs. Madsen. She was a fucking bitch of a teacher. Like, you know, we had green desks. Like, I remember so much about that, but I, not as much about when I stopped believing. It was definitely the year before that, though, because at that time, I was just sitting there going, like, oh, okay, yeah, I know, like, um, another question here, would you like to have children? Not with you, Frankie, I'm sorry, you're nice and all, but, (laughs) yeah, uh, definitely in the future, I'm not- This is enough to ask. Yeah, uh, I'm not the biggest kid guy, like, a lot of people go crazy over kids, and to me, like, Like, all right, like, this is going to sound so mean, but everybody's always like, oh, the baby's so cute. Babies are ugly. Like, every baby is ugly. You know, like, they're just little fart machines. They just puke and shit all over the place. And, like, I kind of want, like, I want to have kids, but I want them to already be, like, eight. You know, like, just so I can talk to them and, you know. But I do ideally want to have at least one boy and one girl and, you know, pass on what I've learned and not fuck up like Luke.
1: Oh, uh, right. That's, that's a bit of a reference, eh? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, ideally I would like to have uh, children eventually, but um, yeah, definitely not right now. I mean, I'm definitely not emotionally mature enough to handle such responsibility. Like, I, I wouldn't trust myself with a goldfish right now, so I can't really <laughs> not even say that the hardest? children. Oh, that poor goldfish. I'd hate to have just that guy screaming at you constantly. <laughs> It'd just be really weird. Like, you just think, oh, at least I'm trapped in this bowl. He can't get to me. That'd be like what my thing could be if there was a goldfish right now. And then just, I
0: mean, I think I'm going to go in a circle.
1: Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll, uh, oh, I forgot exactly what I was going to do because I've got a five-second <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's definitely on the horizon but a very distant horizon are you religious
0: god no (laughs) that's a good answer uh no i'm not um i kind of think most religion is bullshit and Mm -hmm. like that it's the institutions behind them are kind of ridiculous like we've got people that say contradictory things and do contradictory things and I don't really put a whole lot of emphasis on a lot of what, like, and I mean this is for all religion too, it's not just like standardized like Catholicism and, you know Christianity and stuff, but like, you mean to tell me that there's a supreme being that says that it's a sin to eat meat on a Friday? Like huh? Some all powerful force is gonna be bent out of shape because I ate a fucking burger on a Friday? That makes no sense to me. And that there's this other religion where if you blow yourself up, you're going to fuck 70 virgins. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. And I think that it's all just mythology and politics and storytelling and the whole idea of, like, Jesus walked on water. It's like, that could be just poetry. It's like somebody says he crossed the ocean. And then somebody else translates that to he walked from one side over the ocean to another, and then somebody else says he walked across the ocean, and then it became he can literally walk on water. You know? Mm. That's the stuff that where I get bogged down in, and I think that there's a good chance that there might be some kind of, like, all-powerful, supreme being type thing that created everything, but I don't fucking know. So, (laughs) I'm gonna be a good person because it's the nice thing to do, as opposed to you know saying hail mary a bunch of times because i had an impure thought about somebody or you know what i mean like mm.
1: that
0: stuff doesn't make any sense to me but if that's what you use to shape your life to be a better person then by all means do it
1: okay so doesn't my stance on religion it's a case of i i respect everybody else's beliefs i personally don't believe in god i don't believe in any other supreme being uh the organisation and institutionalism of religion in general, I think, is very exploitative, and it's something that I'm not personally on board with. Uh, but understand why they do it. Understand the power reasons behind it. So it's not like I can't understand it because other people have done it in very different ways. Like whether it's just more p- political or secular, it's all still the same thing of just trying to uh prey upon other people's insecurities and make them do essentially what you want them to do. So other, other than that, it's just like, believe whatever you want to believe as long as you, it means that you're a good person. If you want to be an asshole, then you can just fuck off.
0: (laughs) Some more food stuff here. Do you like crackers? Well, that is a racist comment.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, of course (laughs) I do. I'm white. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Crackers are fine. Yeah. You got to be in the mood to eat them. You've got to have them with something though. Yeah. eat crackers
0: yeah you gotta have like like crackers and peanut butter crackers and soup something like that you know Mm. not just like open up a pack of saltines and start munching away
1: (laughs) oh you do that sort of like cracker challenge thing where you're supposed to eat as many as possible without having water or something
0: yeah i did that one time uh it was um six of them in a minute was the challenge that i had read and it sucks (laughs) (laughs) actually you didn't manage it I just barely like uh, it was like I had like maybe three seconds that I would have needed uh to be able to swallow the whole thing. Mm So I bet if I did it again, I'd be able to do it. But uh, why? Like you know, kind of. Although I'd rather do that again than ever try the milk gallon challenge. Oh no, don't do that. Which, if you do want to watch people throwing up, go to the Tony Mango YouTube. Because pretty much all I have on there are videos of my friends throwing up from the milk gallon challenge. So, uh, yeah, crackers are crackers are good. (laughs) What's your favorite kind of cheese? Mozzarella, then provolone. God, you're so Italian. Oh, they're without a doubt the best. I think that there's like there's no
1: answer other than that. (laughs) Uh, I'm not a big cheese eater myself, but I'd usually go with some sort of just cheddar or something. Cheddar seems to be the one that most
0: people tend to go with, though. It's just something just quite traditional. Yeah.
1: Still, mozzarella. That's I mean, I don't mind anything as long as it's melted and on top of something that I actually like. Even, like, if it's uh, that, like, smelly-ass cheese and stuff? I mean, probably not that far, but pretty much anything that's, like, mild yeah if it's if it's reasonably mild and doesn't have too much of a flavor to it and it's on top of something that I definitely like a lot then i I won't mind
0: hmm. do you like anything on your pizza? I actually really only love the fake kind of pizza. all right, Frankie, you're gonna have to clarify what's the fake kind of pizza like you just eat in
1: bread or something?
0: Yeah, I'm not too sure about that. Is that like like totino's pizza rolls or like uh White bread with, like, sauce and uh slice of American cheese, or, like... I, I don't know, with a
1: fake pizza. You think um, he's making those, like, like, little candy things, where it's, like, you make hamburger out of foam or something, like these foam candies. Or maybe, Just like, Lunchables or something? Like, yes, yeah, I like that.
0: Uh, give me extra cheese and pepperoni, light on the sauce.
1: That's my my main thing. Uh, ham and mushroom is my preferred topping of choice, but I also have things... I've had sausage pizzas and, uh, like, like chicken strips or something like that. Basically just put meat on it and mushrooms, and I'm happy.
0: Yeah, none of this uh, green pepper bullshit. And I love uh, pineapple, but not on a pizza. Yeah, that seems bizarre to me. I've I've never understood it. If you were offered $500,000 in order to be vegan for a whole year, would you do it? I would try. I would fail, but I would
1: try. I think I could succeed. For that amount of money just for a year, then yeah, I'd definitely do it.
0: Well, you picked plants earlier. I picked meat. I'm far too much
1: of a meat eater. I'm a huge meat eater, but I think if it's just for a year, I'd just be able to to manage it. Uh, Do you like exercise? (laughs) Absolutely not. Fuck that. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely not for
0: me. Do you like trampolines? I do, but I never had one as a kid. And I never really thought that they were, like, the funnest things in the world. So, like, I, I get why people would like them more than I would. And I do have, like, some fond memories of jumping on other people's trampolines and stuff. But I never wanted one of them really, really badly.
1: Uh, Yeah, I never owned one myself. But uh, one of my friends used to have ones. We used to go uh, there every now and again and used to just mess around on there with... Uh, essentially what you'd use a wrestling well you use a trampoline for is to wrestle yeah so we would just perform moves and stuff like that i mean more often than not it would descend into an actual fight so oh i mean
0: somebody eventually. kicks somebody a little bit too hard somebody knocks somebody else off the trampoline they hurt themselves on
1: the edge of it and then it becomes dude what the fuck did you just do you know? yeah exactly so yeah had a couple of uh scraps on there but um yeah they're they're pretty fun there are some like, areas where you have uh, base jumping, but uh, like, there's like centers around uh, where I live. So I've been to there a couple of times where you just bounce around a lot, of, like basically everywhere is a trampoline. So you just have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, those things are even cooler. Just like the bounce house, the kind of stuff. Yeah, You can do so many flips like that as well. Obviously, you never land any of them, but it's <laughs> still fun.
0: When you were a kid, did you like to play jump rope? Nope, not my game.
1: Uh, I used to skip quite a lot with this stuff. Like, I mean, we weren't really playing jump rope because we weren't usually doing it as like a um, like a big collective effort of a load of people doing it. But uh, on the uh, playgrounds during a recess, we used to be given like little toys and things to play with, and most of the things we were given were skipping ropes. So we used to just do that for a lot of time. Every boy,
0: in I think it was second grade, might have been third actually might have been fourth uh got in trouble because when we were on recess we took all of the jump ropes and tied them all together and tied up a friend of mine dan his idea he was like you know why don't we all tie me up and drag me around and we were like all right so it took the collective effort of like pretty much every single boy we were all just like kind of gathering around and getting all the jump ropes, stealing them from the girls and stuff like that. We tied up Dan, made him a mummy and drug him across the recess field. And then it became all the boys were in trouble and all the girls for like the, you know, the next two recesses or whatever like that all had like the full uh, run of the place. And that's what we used to do with jump ropes instead. (laughs) Just tie people up and drag them around like a fucking torture device or something instead of jumping rope.
1: I was going to say, that guy's into BDSM
0: now, right? I hope not. Rockwell, if you're listening. (laughs) Uh, If you had to stare at something for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: My girlfriend.
0: Oh, Oh, God, I've got to throw
1: up for a second, sorry.
0: Yeah. Uh, Easy answer.
1: Uh, Alexa Bliss is behind. (laughs) (laughs) Another easy easy answer. answer. Yeah. No, uh, I don't know. What could I stare at for the rest of my life? It would have to be something, it would have to be something that I find, like, funny all the time. So I don't really know. Because hmm. it would have to be something that gives me some sort of, like, entertainment value. So probably some, like, really ridiculous gif. <laughs> like a like, dancing banana. Yeah, something like that. Maybe the one with the, um, you know, where, like, somebody's uh, responded to, like, a bitchy comment or something like that, and it's the guy going, oh, like, like. His, like, his face going through saying oh my god he just said that type of thing <laughs> just saying saying along those lines like oh my god he just said that just over and over and over again or maybe the um, uh, WWE released that uh, Matt Holdy laugh track thing for 10 hours didn't like, so <laughs> uh, favorite and least favorite animal
0: dogs and penguins are cool so they're probably my favorites uh, I don't really know too much about penguins but like they're neat and fuck mosquitoes and like all the kind of annoying shit like that, like a wasp and like a tick and all that. No, fuck those things.
1: Uh, favorite. I'd say I like elephants a lot. Just think they're quite like the size factor, obviously. And they just look quite unique compared to a lot of other animals. You kind of put more similarities to them and they just look very impressive uh least favorite i'm not a big fan of spiders in any capacity i mean it's it's gone part i used to be like definitely afraid of them now it's to a point where i just find them a nuisance but just the look of them and seeing them around every now and again it's just like oh why are you here
0: why do yeah. you even exist
1: they're pretty creepy it's yeah. just kind of like a ball with legs exactly and just too many eyes like why do you need that many eyes
0: hmm. our final question here. Uh, Frankie asks about the mixed match challenge teams. He brings up a couple uh, suggestions. I'm going to leave them on the website itself instead of running them all down. But, um, he also says, does WWE need Oscar to win the mixed match, uh, challenge for her to still be undefeated? If you lose like a tag match, does it count as a loss? Yeah, I think it kind of does, but WWE is like ridiculous when it comes to that stuff. They do this thing a lot where they'll have somebody who's undefeated and then they'll have them lose a match, but then they'll still refer to them as undefeated. They'll just tend to clarify they've never been pinned or made to submit. Mm-hmm. And that loses some of the emphasis to it to me because then you have to always say that phrase, you know? It's a lot easier to just say, Asuka is undefeated. When you have to go, Asuka has never been made to pin or submit. Okay, well then you're you're doing the whole like the Survivor Series is the one time of year where we're all and SmackDown compete head-to-head competition. How many times do you need to fucking hear that every episode? How many times yeah, do you need no. to hear the the full rundown of Asuka has never been pinned or made to submit? I hope that if she's a part of this, that she wins. And I hope that she wins that Royal Rumble, too, because if she loses the Royal Rumble, then it's another thing where she's kind of lost a match. But I got a feeling that... If she loses the tag match thing, her partner, whoever it's going to be, is going to get pinned, and then they're going to use that as like an excuse.
1: Yeah, pretty much. I don't think she's going to go the entire thing undefeated with whoever her partner is, unless her partner is Samoa Joe. Or potentially Braun Strowman. But um, yeah, it doesn't make a, a huge amount of sense to me. I've not kept up with the mixed match challenge too much in general.
0: There isn't too much to keep up with right now.
1: Yeah, so I'm not completely clear on what the rules are going to be or how the format's going to go or anything along those lines, but it's more of a case of it it might be interesting. I definitely don't think people are going to take it too much as canon. and I don't think it's going to be the most widely watched thing in the world anyway, so it'll just be a bit of fun essentially just outside of the normal scope of WWE. Yeah,
0: it's not going to be something that they treat as a, as important as WrestleMania or something like that. It's it's going to be
1: another alternative to main event. I mean, I still think it's got like an interest to it because it's it's trying out on a new, new platform. So if it does work reasonably well, then there's definitely scope to expand onto Facebook and other like social media avenues. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, it does go well. So there's like an alternative out there.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, that's it for the December... That's it for fucking 2017 mailbags, technically. Oh, God. That's um, a, like, of course, huge. This bag is so huge, <laughs> stuff,
1: from all 2017.
0: Uh, if you did not get a chance to send in a question for this round, then, of course, we're going to be doing another one of them in January, where that's going to be either the week before the predictions of the Royal Rumble or the week after the predictions of the Royal Rumble, because that's like that 17th and the 30th or something like that. So I got to sort of plan that out a little bit, but you do have a couple of weeks to think of some suggestions and send them in when you want to. And, you know, always just backlog them and take care of that kind of a thing. But uh, yeah, thank you for the people that sent in the questions. And uh, if you guys want to chime in, leave your comments below. I probably should have said it at the beginning of this, so you can go back and check it out if you want to. Uh, but Also, leave your comments below on uh, our opinions if you have any suggestions of, like, uh, you know, things that we should be getting getting into, people that we should check out for, like, wrestlers that should be joining WWE or, you know, hey, I got this really good recipe for crackers or something. like (laughs) Like, Whatever uh, the case may be like that. And make sure that you hit that subscribe button on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment. Make sure you follow Callum over on Twitter as well.
1: Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14 and uh, just check out a lot of the articles on uh, Small Cow Moment. There's new triple threads, new Women's Wrestling Weekly, uh, power rankings, all that great stuff. Just the stuff that you've gotten used to over the many months and years. Indeed
0: as Funaki would say. <laughs> Go ahead and do that kind of stuff, everybody, and write up those lists of the 2017 Smart Out Moment Awards because we are going to be recording that on Saturday. Uh, this Woo! is Wednesday afternoon when we're doing the mailbag right now. But, um, yeah. The biggest so, show of the year. Yeah, you don't have any roll time necessarily to vote anymore, but you can chime in on your WWE section because that doesn't have a poll, so there's no time limit when it comes to that stuff. But, uh yeah, so that's what you got to look forward to coming up next week, everybody. Even though we are recording that on Saturday, it's not going to be published on Saturday. It's going to be sometime later on after that because I got to edit and shit like that. But um, that's it for now. So thanks for listening to this, everybody. This has been another smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out.